When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Greetings, greetings. Bill Nye here. Welcome to Star Talk Radio. It's Cosmic Queries, taking your questions from the cosmos. And, and providing uh, insights, perspectives, uh, nominally answers. And I'm here with my uh, beloved colleague, Chuck Nice. Chuck, good to see you. Hey, Bill. Always good to be seen. Good to see you, too. Uh, and so you have some queries from out there in the uh, electric internet space. That is correct. From the ether known as the internet, we have from all over, whether it's uh, Twitter or Facebook or Google+, Plus, any of the many incarnations where you'll find Star Talk. This is what the kids use. This is what the kids use. With their electric computer machines. Yeah, pretty soon we'll be on Snapchat, and that will actually destroy my daughter's life because dad is on Snapchat. Oh, that would be, it would be no yeah, point in belonging. Well, this is what happens. My daughter, she goes on to something, finds a new app. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then the moment I get on it, she's just like, this app's totally not cool anymore. And then she's like, now I'm on this app. I'm like, oh, okay. So I see so what's... You don't have any inclination to get on her algebra app or her <laughs> world history app. No, I would never do that because I don't want to give her the excuse to get off of it. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Kids today. All right, let's get to hey, work. let's get to work. Genetically to modified it. organisms. Yep, that is what we're talking about. Before we begin, I have uh, we're doing a two-parter here, and I have a ton of questions from GMOs, and they are all, here's the weird thing. And I don't know. They are all addressed to you. They're saying, Bill, dear Mr. Nye, dearest Mr. Nye, why are all these people asking you about uh, GMOs? Here's, here's the thing. Okay. I wrote a book, a New York Times bestseller, Undeniable <laughs> Evolution and the Science of Creation. Yes. 
And in that book, I had. By the way, it's inf- a great book. I love you, man. Yeah. Uh, by the way, in that, or the point is, or the thing of it is, in the book, I have a chapter about genetically modified organisms. Right. And at that time, when I wrote it, I said, it's always good to be cautious. It's, uh, you don't know what you're going to do to the ecosystem. Uh, but this led to uh, controversy because it turns out GMOs, in my opinion, I spent some more time. I met the, the guy who won the World Food Prize. Okay. Uh, Rob Fraley won. It's like the uh, Nobel Prize for farming, for right, agriculture. For agriculture. And he's, in my opinion, really not such a bad guy. And uh, he believes that we can raise more food than ever on less land. In other words, we have 7.2, almost 7.3 billion people on Earth today. Okay. He believes, or his colleagues, believe they can raise food for 9 billion people on 2% less land. Which is great. That's a noble goal. That is a noble goal. And here's the thing that happened, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Monsanto developed something called glyphosate. Okay. uh, Or rather, uh, a salt of glyphosate. This is a way to put this uh, chemical onto soil and have it stay there pretty well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it kills everything that's green. Kills everything by inhibiting the shikimate acid pathway. So you're literally salting the earth. Yes. Sound. Yes. However, uh, what Rob Fraley and these several other guys who were working at Monsanto, the behated Monsanto, what they did is develop a gene that lets the shikimic acid pathway get completed in the green plant anyway. Gotcha. And this is the so-called uh, Roundup-ready soybean corn. Co- cotton was the first one. Right. And here's there's two things. So now about, everybody is familiar with Roundup as a weed killer. It does kill weeds. It kills any right. green plant. Any green plant. With a couple exceptions, which are quite relevant. Anyway, uh, he uh, argues that glyphosate's really not such a bad thing. Compared to all the other herbicides, glyphosate's pretty benign, which I, I've done research now and I've decided that's true. I've changed my mind about genetically modified foods. That's the, that's the so, top so line. So it's the top line. You've changed your mind about GMOs. And so I looked into it. There's no difference between allergies among GMO eaters and mm-hmm. non-GMO eaters. There is a big difference in inputs from an agricultural standpoint. Organic farming takes a lot more water, takes a lot more tillage. Yes. It ends up, actually, you end up with less diversity of microbes in the soil uh-huh. with uh, modern Roundup-ready crops because you don't have to till. You don't have to turn the soil over to kill the weeds. Right. However, there is a notorious weed called pigweed, which mm-hmm. is every bit as friendly as it sounds. Oh, okay. And, uh, but it's is it as delicious fan. as bacon? Actually, they used to, we people used to eat it, eat the leaves of aranthus uh, plants, uh-huh. but now it's considered a weed because it's you have to go to a lot of trouble to get the food worth out of it. Gotcha. And it has a redundant gene now. In other words, it has evolved over the last couple decades. Okay. So that it has uh, it amplified the gene that makes the shikimic acid. And so Roundup doesn't kill it. It can't kill it. Yeah. So, so it's, you, now you have a Roundup resistant weed that's now. That's what you got. So right now they control it. The, the adverb is mechanically. They tear it up. They dig right. it up. Yeah. And these guys at the old fashioned way. That's right. These the farmers at Monsanto and Pioneer and DuPont, they all tell stories. These are seed companies. They all tell stories. When they were kids, they were farmers, they dug up weeds. Right. And it was not really the good old days. 
So uh, I've changed my mind about genetically modified organisms, and that's why these things have come in. I okay. Mean, I, I, but I claim, Chuck, that I went about it in a scientific fashion. Let's take a query. Let's go to the queries. This is Corey Garst coming to us from Google+. What kind of research has been done to show what effects GMOs do or do not have on humans? Well, this is exactly the point. This is uh, Thank you, Corey. Is that his name? That is name? Corey Garst from Google+. Yes, Plus. Uh, from out there. Uh, so what they, we, it has done is that is the one thing you can test is the effects of food. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one straightforward thing you can test that's, that's not that different from 20 years ago. You feed the food to your good friends, the lab rats. You okay. Feed it, yeah, and you and the mice, and you say, "What do you think?" Right. So Steve, so, if that's his name. If that's the mouse's name, or Steve. Henrietta. Right. As long as it's not Mickey, you're fine. Ah, uh, I think you, Mickey's really hard to. That's a hard uh, lab rat to, to have. To, Mickey. Well, to kill would be and, really hard. Right. Yeah. Well, for some. <laughs> so the thing is, uh, there's no. The genetically modified food has no effect on us. I mean, that is to say, there's no difference between it and organically raised food. This is scientifically provable. Okay. It's certainly provable to my satisfaction. And uh, that's like the most straightforward thing about it is to see if it's still as nutritious and see if, see if it has any allergic effect. And it absolutely does not. And in fact, in general, all of these foods are more nutritious. They're, the well, corn, now, that, kernels now see, are bigger. that is the first time I've ever heard that assertion made. Well, just in general. I mean, you get more soybean per hectare per acre. Oh, I got you. You get more corn per acre per hectare. You get bigger kernels of corn. So from a voluminous standpoint. Well, not just that. If you're going to – if the bushel of corn weighs so many kilos or pounds, how mm -hmm. much of that is nutritious corn and how much of that is cob? Unedible, inedible. Okay, cob. that's a very good point. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So yeah. You get a lot so more. You get a lot more uh, the, kernel than cob. Yeah, and yeah. that's in that one example, the famous example. Gotcha. So then the other thing that's happened with genetically modified foods, and this may be in the in the future queries. The other thing that's happened is uh, it's led to the success of this technology of allowing you to put glyphosate on fields and then plant things like crazy. Is people have raised enormous tracts of land in a single crop. Because it's easier. Gotcha. <clears throat> and this is so-called monoculture. And this has had two things. First of all, you, you lose diversity in your farming, mm -hmm. and which leads to uh, a loss of diversity in the microbes that support plants and a loss of diversity in the, the rate at which different pollinatable flowers appear. This is to say, okay. if all the soybean plants come to go to flower at the same time, the bees have to work that whole deal. Right. They can't go from this plant to that plant to this plant. You'll notice the cherry blossoms show up first. Right. And then that's their trick. Right. So the bees and everybody, they show up and yeah, do. They're the, like, hey, you know, we're doing cherry blossoms can right now. Can we say now. do on yeah. this show? Yeah. Do, they're doing the, the cherry blossoms. We're doing blossom. cherry yeah. Come on. You know, birds then, do it, bees do that's it. That's right. We then know what the jonquils show up, then the daffodils, and there's a sequence that has come to Who, be by the revolution. Way, Clearly, the whores of the plant world, the daffodils, but I'm just saying. It's just on your mind. <laughs> it's just on your mind. Well, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. Whatever you're into, consenting adult, it's all good. The harvestable plants, fine. No, go so uh, this has led to monoculture, but uh, I, I go along with the idea. I mean, I no, I claim that the success of uh, genetic modification with respect to glyphosate herbicide does not necessarily mean you plant a monoculture 
and stress out bee colonies. Gotcha. You could, that's not the cause and effect. That's so funny when you say that. I just hear Jerry Seinfeld going, what are we going to do? There's so many flowers all at once. <laughs> that was a terrible Jerry Seinfeld Yeah, and it was also, my understanding, that was you doing Jerry Seinfeld being, being a, a bee. bee. Yes. Yeah, a female bee. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, by, yeah. by the way, all the bees you see are girls. They're all females. You That's very true. seldom see Because they bee. kick the drones out as soon as they're finished mating with the queen, and it's just like... They go straight Beyonce, to the left, to the left, all your stuff in a box, to the left, get out. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Should I become a drone? A bee, a drone bee. A drone bee. But normally, the way you started that, it sounds like good work if you can get it. Yeah, it does, in a way. <laughs> so there's no difference in allergic reaction and, um, and health concerns with respect to genetically modified foods with uh compared with organic or non-genetically modified foods and we know that because the research has been done on mice oh well, on mice and people on people you know, it's been going on for almost uh 25 years fantastic and nobody gets sick from it in fact people are in general they get more food from a given hectare or acre of land and the strange thing that was pointed out to me and i did some research well over 90 percent of the world's farmers are small farmers right and they all use Roundup Ready crops or genetically modified crops because they're just so much more productive. Okay. So as I say about glyphosate, and I'm not an expert on Roundup. This isn't my thing, but I've done some research. Uh, there's two things that happened when Roundup was introduced. First of all, everybody was afraid of it because it does kill every green plant. Well, the that's something to be afraid of. Then the second thing is... Everybody started using it because it works so well. But see, that's even more disturbing. <laughs> well, that's, so there you have it. It's these. This is the uh, the troubling bifurcated effect. Hey, this is scary as hell. I know what we should all use it. Well, like, that's, that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, Corey, that was a great question and um, uh, and a great answer by Mister Bill Nye. All right. I love you, Chuck. <laughs> Let's move on to Gabe Sabo. Yes, Gabe. <laughs> Gabe uh, is coming, last name. Uh, yes, Gabe is coming to us from Facebook and says, need a straight answer here, Bill. What equals a GMO and what equals selective breeding? Where is the line drawn? Well, that's a great question, Gabe. Well, it really is a great question. Look so, at you, Gabe. You show off. Yeah, yeah. It's really good because okay, go ahead. And this, is, this is the question. When I wrote this chapter uh, in the first version of my book about evolution, I had a pretty clear idea in my mind about the distinction. And the distinction was whether or not humans were influencing it. That was my uh, idea, the influencing the genome. So if you breed within the species, mm -hmm. you shake, like George Washington used to take tweezers and a magnifying glass and shake the pollen from one wheat uh, plant onto the eggs, the ova of another, mm -hmm. to get a hybrid, a new type of wheat. That was within the species, intraspecies. Right. And I thought to myself, Taking a gene from another species, let's say the Bacillus thuringiensis bacterium, and putting it in corn, BT corn. Okay. Uh, that would be- Did you uh, say BET corn? Uh, no, no, that's, that's different. I yeah. think that's a television yeah, uh, that's, outlet. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's, I don't know what their relationship- I mean, they have bad <laughs> jokes, but I don't know if that's the same as BET corn. Okay. Corny <laughs> television. Right. Uh, but so we all have bad jokes. That would be an example there, mm -hmm. right there. So uh, anyway, I thought when I wrote the chapter, I thought, well, that's not a 
It's a clear distinction, rather, that one's genetically modified in an extraordinary way okay. by bringing a gene from another genome, and another species, and putting it into species of interest, uh, compared with shaking the pollen in the ova, which would be intra within the species. Within the However, species. Go ahead. It has been pointed out to me that, that, hap- that these species uh, insert their genes into each other all the time in nature. And when I started the research- that, that- I know, that I know. Sounds, I want you to think that way. That, I want you to think that, that way. That makes for lively speculation, yes, that's for does. sure. Anyway, so if you ever see a gall on the side of a tree, the big bulge. Yeah, the bulge. That's where a virus has not only infected the tree, but gotten its genes into the tree's cells. Nice. But then, as I was finishing research and turning in the final, uh, the word final, the last manuscript, version of the manuscript, this fabulous research came out about sweet potatoes. And so it turns out the sweet potatoes that you and I know and love, mm-hmm. presuming that you know them and love them. I do indeed. Uh, the, it's very difficult for a, a, a black person not to know and love sweet potatoes. It's just part of our culture. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I'm substantially Bantu, according to a genetic, a genetic assay that was done on me. Uh-huh. Uh, and but I, and I love sweet potatoes. There you go, buddy. Coincidence. What I tell you. Coincidence. What I say, my fellow brother. <laughs> so uh, that aside, this, these genes from outside the sweet potatoes clearly got in there naturally. Naturally. So that humans accelerate it, you can argue quite strongly, and for me convincingly, that this is what humans do. Uh, we hybridize plants either the old-fashioned way, George Washington's tweezers and, and magnifying glasses right glass or the modern way with biotechnology so what has happened at companies like pioneer seeds which is part of dupont uh conagra and especially monsanto they have made the transition from being uh chemical manufacturers mm-hmm. industrial chemical manufacturers fertilizer and pesticides into a bio- biotech firms right like, and so you go there everybody all the scientists are geneticists. That's who they hire. They're not chemists so much anymore. It's, uh, it is interesting. And I'm right there with you, everybody. Monsanto used to make Agent Orange. Yes. So did Dow Chemical. And I heard that that's awesome stuff. Yeah, it's awesome for <laughs> certain applications. Uh, but uh, in general, it's, it is part of a dark past. I don't think these companies are really – I mean, they were hired by the government to make this stuff, and they did, and they don't do it anymore. I don't know. What do you do? This is true. Okay. I used to work at Boeing on commercial airplanes because I wanted to work on commercial stuff instead of military stuff. But Boeing makes a lot of weapons. Yes, they do. So, okay. People don't know this, but they are the uh, the real-life Tony Stark of the world. Boeing and McDonnell Douglas. That's the well, real they life. They got absorbed. Yeah, they, now, uh, oh, oh, they're the same. That's right. It's there all of a piece now. And that, would, that absorption was permitted to happen to preserve the fabulous military-industrial complex. So look at that. But with that said, they're almost like the intraspecies of George Washington wheat experiment. So we're talking about genetically modified organisms in food here on Star Talk Radio, and we'll be back with Bill Nye, that's me, and Chuck Nice over there right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx 
who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk. Code startalk. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. I'm your guest host, Bill Nye, sitting in for my beloved Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I'm here with my good friend, Chuck Nice, hey. who is uh, a thoughtful, insightful commentator on the human condition and science. And he has in his hand the secret sheaf of cosmic queries. These yes. will be questions that came from you out there in the electronic ether space that is correct and you have not seen them and uh so which i'm 
I'm highly impressed by the fact that both you and Neil are able to answer these questions off the top of your head. It's fantastic. You know, not that we're trying to stump. No, that's no, not the purpose. No, we would no the purpose is None not of to our listeners would do that. No, no, <laughs> no, they're all happy. Yeah, especially when they like on the Twitter verse. No, there's no, no, there's no negativity no, there at all. Not, no, never. No. All right. This comes from Patreon, and this is uh, and Patreon. You know, you can uh, go ahead and uh, support the show and uh, make you can a, be a patron. You can make a patron of, of Star, Star Talk, Talk Radio podcast, and we will definitely science read comedy. Your, we will definitely read your questions on Cosmic Queries when you are a patron through Patreon. All right, here we go. My name is Kelia Silvis. Sorry, it's so hard. I, it really wasn't. I'm currently working as a scientist in the optogenics core at the University of Minnesota. First of all, let me just say that I was really impressed with the fact that you changed your views on GMOs. You truly deserve your title, Science Guy. My actual question, I believe that GMOs are a powerful tool that could help humans fight climate change and better utilize our diminishing resources. What would be your dream GMO to take on this challenge? Mine would be carbon strub, carbon strub, carbon scrubbing trees to help clean the atmosphere. Yes, a tree is a column of carbon. A forest is a collection of column of carbon, columns of carbon, mm -hmm. and wouldn't it be nice to have fast-growing trees that would get big, be made of you know what what a tree is made of, Chuck? Right, is air. Okay, it's quite troubling at first, but all that uh, cellulose, mm -hmm. the lignin, all that comes from carbon, which the tree gets right out of the air. I mean, there's a little bit that you get if you're a tree plant. From the soil, soil but a most of it, you're sucking right, it right out of the air. And so uh, this would be a wonderful thing. You know, people have proposed making artificial trees right. to take carbon out of the air, but how about real ones? And the thing I would say to her, to answer her question with a little more uh, completeness, is you don't want to have just one species. You want to have a diversity, a diversity of, species? of columns of carbon hmm. of trees. And so to have fast-growing trees that would take carbon out of the air would be a wonderful thing. Furthermore, it would be great if they were useful in some other enchanting ways. Yeah, like, like they, they made apples or something. Yes, or mm -hmm. they could shade your house. Right, or, or paint your house uh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what if they produce some, but seriously, what if they produce some varnish or pitch that was, you know, of great use? Because mm -hmm. uh, trees, you guys, I know we don't ever want to cut them down. It's very trouble, but they do die of old age. They have a lot, just like so many other plants. So why not cut them down in the prime of their life? Uh, You're going to uh, die right. anyway, old wow. tree. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, not exactly, but yeah, let's, let's move on to the next question, Chuck. Cheerless. Wow. Uh, all right. Let's move into our uh, next question, which comes from, uh, James Cultus and, uh, which is so funny because his Twitter handle is at James Burdell. I don't, I, I don't know, man, but that way he was incognito. Yep. That you is, just he, made it I more cognito. I did. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, he says at Bill Nye. Can we modify organisms to produce different or increased vitamins and minerals? Well, that's what we've done. I mean, this uh, historically, I'm talking about how long have humans been farming, Chuck? 10,000 years? Uh, recorded time, yeah. Something like that. Oh. So, we're talking about farming, not just hunting, not just hunting and, gathering. and gathering. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, literally that's taking been a plot the goal. of land. You would not recognize an ancient corn plant, the decente, the decente. You wouldn't even know it looks like a. What does it look like? Uh, a miniature holiday light bulb. Uh, anyway, now there these you know corn cobs are long. Uh, you wouldn't recognize soybean. You wouldn't recognize cotton. You wouldn't recognize any of that. Humans have cultivated it over years, centuries, to millennia, not millennia, 
tenths of millennia, hundreds of millennia, to get these things to be more nutritious, more useful, uh, and, uh, and, and more productive and produce more productive farming. And as we like to say, Chuck, yes, there is really nothing natural about farming. Uh, right. Because you're, you're manipulating the process. I mean, the if, moment you till the soil and plant a seed, you because, start cutting down trees to plant stuff. Right. You're modifying the ecosystem big time. Exactly. So, uh, I appreciate this desire to be in tune with nature and have everything work out, but and I appreciate Thomas Jefferson's dream of an agrarian society where we all hung Everybody out on farms has. and thought deep thoughts. Right. Uh, there on the porch with your, I presume, some dandelion wine or whatever he was into. Oh. Uh, and now uh, everybody lives in cities. That's where we do these amazing productive things. And a few of us embrace the idea of farming. And farming is not, we modify the land in an extraordinary way. So, so the same thing has been going on since the beginning of farming, 10,000 years. Humans have been trying to improve that which we farm. Gotcha. All right. Hey, James, that was a great question. All right. And uh, so we've been in the process of making superfoods forever. Yeah. And the word superfood is now used to mean some extraordinary nutritious thing. Right. Like kale. Everybody says kale, kale is a superfood. I like kale. I do too. I grow kale at my place out in uh, Los Angeles. It's a little bit. It's kind of a weed. Once you get it going, once you get it going, you can't. I got a kale tree. You might be. You might be sorry that you're growing. No, kale, no, huh? no, no, no. I, I love it. I okay. love it. I put it in the salad directly right? after rinsing. Yep, yes. Or I bake it in the oven and make these kale chips. You make your own kale chips. Kale chips are my a big God, fun. Bill. They're, you're they're like effortless. You're like the science Martha Stewart. A That's amazing. Bit. I'm making my a little own bit. kale chips. That's so cool. All right, let's move on to, um, this is uh, Gerard Ducharme. And Gerard says, Bill, in your recent book, Undeniable, you give caution to the use of GMOs and food stuff. Now you're advocating their use. Could you explain or describe the science specifically that changed your perspective? So you talked about what you what happened but is there a specific scientific moment that you can look to that says hey man this is cool now uh yes okay should i talk about it <laughs> yeah so here's what happened they the man <laughs> i got chuck you nice got, to laugh well, because you got out. you totally got me on that one no, check uh, me out. yes all right uh, go ahead please explain the man who many of whom are women <laughs> okay uh at at the behated Monsanto, uh, half, uh, it's almost half of the scientists are women. Really? Yeah, it's very cool. The genetics, the geneticists. Oh, These well, are the people being graduated. No, now no wonder we hate them. <laughs> Chuck. I'm sorry. Chuck. I, I, listen, I couldn't the, resist that, Bill. Wow. I don't really feel that way. It's no, just, no. You know, it was the natural progression for a joke. happily married. Yes. Or, or married. How long have you been married? 17? It'll be 17 in so, August. And some of those years, I didn't write this joke. Some, <laughs> some of those years, years were happy. happy. Yeah. So okay. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So go ahead. So here's what happened. Half the uh, scientists are women. Uh, no, that aside, uh, okay. what they're able to do now, they, we, it, is assay the gene. This is to say, sequence the gene uh -huh. of an individual plant. Let's say at extraordinary speeds. So 20 years ago, it would take you a, a month to get the gene sequence of, let's say, soybeans, a, okay. a soybean plant. Okay. Now, they can do that. Uh, they can get, I mean, I'm going to try to do these numbers. They can get 100,000 in 10 minutes. What? So 
Well, that's about that's approximately right. The, the the final number is ten million. They can do it ten million times faster than they could twenty years ago. Ten million times yeah, faster. Yes, so they can, can assay ten million genes in a morning, and so then they are able to select which ones are definitely not promising, and eliminate those. Which ones are clearly susceptible to certain diseases, but just by genetic analysis. Okay. Then they so they're grow. doing their own natural selection in the course of a morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now, amazing. Some, they didn't used to be able to do that. And the reason they're able to do it is they've developed these enzymes mm -hmm. that stick to guanine, cytosine, adenine, cytosine, adenine, and thymine, the mm -hmm. CAGTs of your genetic code. Right. That's the letters in the line. Yes. And then there's four frequencies of laser light that uh, figure out how many of this one and how many of that one and what order they are in a zip of a blink schmink. Holy And moly. it's just the machine is very cool. Look, the machines are very cool looking. And this is what, this is what changed my mind is be able to do it 10 million times faster, faster. than they used to be able to, to do it. And, and more importantly, be able to eliminate the ones that's that right. are no yeah. good. That's right. Or, or clearly not suitable, clearly for, not suitable. for farming okay. and susceptible to diseases and so on. I don't want to judge, man. No, we're farmers <laughs> and we want them to come out the way we want them. And so along this, along this line, then they plant the promising ones right. in super controlled sterile greenhouses. And the ones that have suitable qualities, they propagate and so it takes about five years of that and then the fda or the department of agriculture i mean does another three years typically sometimes five years uh -huh. and then they agree that it's worth that planting. it's worth planting okay now two things uh, as an addendum to uh mr ducharme's question mr ducharme uh, this is an excellent question that you asked by the way one people would say you're playing god that's the first well, thing we're farmers okay. we've been doing that i mean look if you're uh, what's the guy's, uh, you know, the tumbling tumble, let's see, uh, wait, there's a, he's a cow hand, yippee tayo kaye, you know, it's, uh, it's your misfortune and none of my own. He's talking to the cows. Right. In other words, I'm going to drive you, the cow, to Montana, right. you're going to eat grass all awesome. summer, then we're going to kill you and eat it. <laughs> it's your misfortune, not mine. Okay, you, that's why you're a vegetarian out there, I understand. Right. But my point being in that song this business of farming and raising livestock for human consumption is what we've been doing for a long uh, time. For a long time. And that's just the way it is. And very so. few of us wander. There's our few tribes that wander through forests, subsistence living, right. and they know just where to go in the forest exactly. to subside, mm -hmm. to subsist rather. But uh, that's... You would not have 7 billion people running around the world if everybody yeah. were trying that. And plus, that's a very dicey proposition. To, well, I mean, there's, a lot, to... there's far fewer of those tribes left than, where, where are we? New York. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We couldn't have 8 million people living on 13, whatever, it's 28 square miles or whatever that English I unit is. I think we almost do. Based on the I subway, said, but we wouldn't based do on the, the subway ride no, I but took No, you wouldn't here. do that with farming if you were trying to farm on the same island. Boom. Okay. Excellent. Excellent question, and uh, thank you, Mr. Ducharme, and thank you, Bill, because the, the, the description of that machine is uh, fantastic. It's cool. <laughs> so they chip, they chip the corn kernel, that's the verb, uh -huh. and so the kernel will still grow, but by taking this little piece of it out, they're able to assay the gene completely 
and still have the thing grow. They can compare what they expected to happen with what happens. That's amazing. Oh, it's just. I mean, that is just phenomenal. They've been messing with it, and it's a consequence of information technology. This is to say, it's a consequence of our ability to run computers at such extraordinary speeds. Let alone the chemistry of the thing with these, these getting these these enzymes to sort the uh, cytosine, thymine, adenine, and guanine. It's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. All right. So now, uh, Michael Foley, coming to us from Google Plus, wants to know this. Is GMO too broad a category for any single statement? Should organisms grown from individually edited sequences of DNA be treated the same as that grown meat, as golden rice, as grain hybrid grains, as heirloom tomatoes? Also, we that grow mammoth. Now, I don't know what the hell that means. There, there's guys who want to take mammoth genes and... Oh, yeah, who want to make a woolly mammoth like again. Jurassic Park. Because there's yeah. an uh, Indian elephant right now that actually is only one small bit away from... Uh... Chuck, who are you? You're all over this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how I remember all this crap. Uh, so this is what he wants to know. Is it too broad of a category for any single statement? I mean, is it all the same? Or is there a difference? Or, you know, he's saying... Well, like, I've it's... said many times, you got to go case by case. But that's what we do. Okay. That's what uh, the, the people who are growing genetically modified crops, especially, that's their deal. Okay. They absolutely do go case by case. But it comes to use of words. Uh, it's a really hard thing to control. Gosh. Words are organic. That is to say, they, they're bottom up. Somebody coins a term that people like. Right. It sticks. Right. Is this a tomato or an heirloom tomato? Right. Uh, is it yellow or red? I, I mean, so these words are hard to control. That When you start trying to tell people... No, this is not genetically modified. This is intraspecies. You're just going to get into a fistfight about semantics. Right. So really, it's not about semantics. It's about going case by case and seeing what works However, and what doesn't. But in the big picture, in the broad stroke, okay. I claim genetically modified crops are a good thing. That's that they're so, there to the benefit of humankind. So that's your baseline right there. Right there. And There's what happened was... When the genetically modified uh, cotton, especially, was introduced, mm-hmm. and then the corn and soybeans, it was in the middle of the 1990s, it was kind of the same afternoon that the bovine spongiform encephalitis, the BSE, the mad cow disease, okay, uh, emerged, especially in Britain. Yes. And the two things got conflated. BSE got mixed with GMO. And people thought they were all the same. They thought it was industrial farming, the man controlling things and making everybody sick. But they re- those two really are separate, separate issues. Gotcha. Spongiform encephalitis, mad cow disease, where your brain turns to a sponge, right. is separate from corn that the corn borer insect can't eat. Gotcha. gotcha. But you can. But you can. So we, you know. we are, we're not susceptible to that protein. Passes right through us, not to give you too much information. Oh, okay, good. Now I now I realize what happened to me last night. No, okay, no, you so, wouldn't even know. Sorry, you can't even notice. Can't it goes even, right on through. Right on through, huh? Gotcha. All right. Well, that makes sense. Okay. So there you have it, Michael. There's your answer, man. It's, but what about the mammoth? How do you feel about the mammoth? Do you want to make one? I absolutely do. I think it'd be the coolest. I think it'd be the greatest <laughs> thing in the world to actually see a woolly mammoth walking around. Oh, man. I mean, Come on. Honestly, it would be the only animal I would actually um, advocate being in a zoo. Because uh, I don't believe in zoos. But. but but with that said, where else would that technology lead? Like, if you could successfully do that, could you bring back the great auk? 
could you bring back uh, other useful species that were the frogs, the frogs that are being so stressed by that fungus? Could we bring all those animals back in a way that we would have more diversity in the ecosystem based on this trial with the mammoth? These I are have, great questions. I have no problem with anything that you just said, as long as we're not bringing back predators. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> Something the, that the would movie like where all the animals me. have had enough. Right. I'm, you know, Chuck, we... it's really hard to get eaten by a lion. I mean, you have to, especially, just I'm everybody, if you're listening, we're in part. New York City. We're not going to get attacked by a lion. The same with shark biting. It happens, but sure. not that much. All right. So my fears are unfounded. Well, not, I mean, just keep them in perspective. <laughs> uh, struck by lightning is way more likely. Uh, Pete uh, from Twitter wants to know, here in California, I'm very concerned about the drought. Apparently, Pete's the only one. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> You should be, Pete, because this could be the future. It could be from now on, California's right. going to have that little water. Oh, my God. And what are we going to do about it? That is scary. So well, here's... I'll tell you. Go ahead. When Star Talk returns with Chuck Nice and Bill Nye right after this. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash StarTalk. Visit IXL.com slash StarTalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime, 
You don't have to hide how you feel. Welcome back. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. Bill Nye here, your guest host for my dear friend, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I'm here with my colleague and insightful science commentator, Chuck Nice. First time that's ever been said. And Chuck Nice <laughs> will read your cosmic queries. These are questions that have come to us from the cosmos. Yes. That, that's you all out there. Absolutely. So before we went to the break, we had a cliffhanger that was given to us by Pete from Twitter. And Pete wanted to know, he says, here in California, I'm very concerned about the drought. Can GMOs make for less H2O consumption? Yeah, that's a, that's a big claim that I think is well substantiated by the genetically modified companies, genetically modifying companies, people that, companies that put genes from different species into farms and species that we want to farm, crops especially. Okay. And this seems, they claim, very reasonable that they can make crops that are drought tolerant. Drought tolerant. They can hold their water. They don't let it evaporate through their leaves the, mm. or stems the way uh, nat or way, uh, extant native plants might. And they strongly believe that they can reduce the amount of water needed. Furthermore, it's very reasonable that we can put uh, water capturing gels in the soil. In farm soil. Oh, okay. And these would be those. You know, the uh, you put the foam rubber thing in the glass, and it becomes a yeah, dinosaur. Yeah, and it grows. It'd in, be like yeah, that. Yeah. In the farm soil, and you can say, well, that's not natural. Well, farming's not natural. So, uh, using less water, doing more with less. Chuck. Right. That's the key to our future. Is more with less. Not to just do less. I grew up with Earth Day, and the hippies were all telling us, you know, don't drive, drive less. Uh, breathe less, right. use less clean water. In fact, if you can't, don't eat if you can manage that. Don't right. even eat. They certainly didn't bathe. Uh, but so wear dirty clothes because it <laughs> takes water to clean them. Right. Yeah, so uh, that turned out not the eating part especially, turned out not to be popular. So now the key is not to just do, just do less. It's to do more with less, and that is the claim of the genetically modified seed companies, that they are doing more with less. And I I agree with them. Okay. I'm not in the business, but I agree with them. So there you go, Pete. Uh, the the drought, uh, what, what do they call it now? Drought drought tolerant. tolerant. Drought tolerant. Drought tolerant plants. Especially, is... let's say it rains for a little while, like a cactus. It holds on to its water. Yes. And then Stingy it lives through a drought. Bastard yeah. that well, it I'm is. I'm not saying we're turning cotton plants into cacti. I'm saying uh, an example that you're all familiar, everybody's familiar with. Okay. All right. So let's go to Iana, who is at Goddess Memoirs on Twitter. Mm, sounds good. Yeah, it does. It does. Goddess Memoirs. All right. Would soil on Mars force us to genetically modify foods to be able to grow there because of less sun? In, in other words, leafless. Can we genetify? Genetify. Can, genetify. <laughs> I feel genetify. <laughs> All right, that can we be. Can we genetify plants to the point where they don't even need photosynthesis, uh, but they can still be eaten? Well, we eat mushrooms. Oh, wow. Do, 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 do. Look at you, uh, man. Look at that. Touche. Touche. So, <laughs> All that aside. I do eat mushrooms. As a matter of fact, I'm still having flashbacks from the last I don't batch. Need, oh, I can't Whoop. hear you. So, everybody, I know it sounds so romantic to go live on Mars to some of us, among which I am not whom, uh, usage intended for comedic effect. Everybody, Mars is cold, crazy cold. 
and the sun is uh, less than a quarter as bright, so it's dim. I mean, I know we take pictures there, but these are with cameras that are where the iris or the the system is set up to capture a lot of light before the picture is uh, sent home here mm-hmm. to Earth. So not a place to live if you have seasonal you can't affective breathe. disorder. Yes, and you can't breathe. Gotcha. So everybody, it sounds so romantic. If you really want to colonize Mars, go to Antarctica for a couple years. Okay. And don't no, not on the shore where the birds are and the orcas grabbing the penguins out mm-hmm. of midair. Yeah. No, no. You None go, of this happy feet no, stuff. No, right. Yes. Right. None of that. You go where it hasn't snowed in over a century and see what the dry valleys and see what you think. Try it for a couple years. So and by you? the way, don't even breathe. Take all the scuba tanks you need just to simulate it. So I want to go to Mars. I want to look for signs of life on Mars. I'm the first guy to do that. But I don't want to go colonize it and then genetically modified crops so they modify crops so they can survive in a greenhouse on Mars. That would be charming. Right. But it's not a big goal of mine. So what would be more, I know we're still on GMOs, but I just yeah. got to ask, what would be more desirable, colonizing Mars or colonizing the moon? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the moon would be, here's the thing. In Antarctica, we have a science base. We have a McMurdo Station, and people go there, and they do scientific research. They make amazing discoveries. Earth used to be so warm, ancient dinosaurs wandered around on that continent back in the day. What? Yes. All right. But we make those discoveries. That's good. But you don't go there to live. You go there to work and hang out for a while. It's like L.A. I got you. From your perspective. From my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, eschews, poo-poos, is disrespectful of our beloved Los Angeles. Love Los Angeles. Just couldn't live there. Yeah. So anyway, the same is true of Mars. Now, genetically modifying plants to make it on Mars a worthy undertaking, but not something I want to spend a lot of invest, a lot of uh, intellect and treasure on. All right. Okay. Let us move on to another question. Another cosmic query. Another cosmic query because we're almost up against the lightning round, which is fast approaching. Okay. So now, uh, this is from Inquiring Minds. Bill, you talk a lot about GMOs. You changed your mind. Is Monsanto paying you? No. In fact, we went out to dinner the other day. My editor, Corey. Oh, I thought you meant you and Monsanto. And Rob Fraley. I was going to say, that may count, Bill. No, no. So there were four of us at dinner, two Monsantanians. And Rob Fraley shakes your hand. He says, hi, I'm Monsatan. Because he he hears all that stuff. And and, uh, no, we each team bought its own dinner. Oh, okay. Okay. However, when I visited Monsanto, they offered me a sandwich and a cup of coffee, and I enjoyed both. <laughs> but I flew myself there. I mean, in an Wait airplane. A minute. Here's in the an real, airplane. Here's the real question. Did that sandwich have genetically modified I'm vegetables sure it did. on sure. it? Sure, you can't avoid them. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so, uh, by the way, I went to an anti-Monsanto rally okay. here in New York City. All right. And I was really impressed by how thoughtless and uh, short-sighted the people there were. <laughs> it was really something. I, I never, I just didn't realize. It. They got to the point, now Chuck, I don't know your political leanings, but it got to the point where they wanted you to believe that the president of the United States mm-hmm. is controlled by Monsanto. 
Well, isn't he? Come yeah, on. Yeah. And I so mean, that he's actually. Please, he's a Kenyan Muslim. Yes. Socialist. Uh, yes. He might as well be controlled and, by the United States Monsanto people, too. And uh, as people point out, Monsanto is in the top 500, Fortune 500 companies, but it's not in the top five. It's way down, like at okay. two two hundred or so, so. They're not even that big. Of a I deal. mean, they're big, but not that. Big. They're not. They're not as big as Apple right. or 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 Beyonce or or yes right. or Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> All right, there you go, people. There you yeah, have. We're it. coming so every- right up, Chuck. But I, I don't, I'm reluctant to say my favorite part of the show. But let me say a part of the show I very much look forward to, and that is Chuck. The lightning round. Yes. There it is, buddy. So, so hit me the lightning round question, Chuck. Okay, Go for you it. You know how it goes. Here it goes. Uh, <clears throat> ben Miller from Facebook wants to know, isn't crossbreeding genetic modification? Yes. Simple enough. In a different style. In a different style. Okay. Steven Sheflo from Twitter says, where can GMOs potentially take agriculture in 5, 10, and 50 years? Man, that's not really a lightning round question. <laughs> no, but the answer is it's a, we're in an arms race, us versus the pigweed, us versus the thing after the pigweed. And so, for example, what these genetic modified com- biotech companies want to do, seed companies, is keep up in the arms race, make stack the genes, as they say, so it's resistant to glyphosate, it's resistant to dicamba, the, this other style of uh, herbicide, and it's resistant to the certain insects that attack that certain plant. Bingo. There you have it. Uh, Samson Moses. Talk about a biblical name there. Samson Moses from Google Plus wants to know, why is it that everyone is afraid of new science? Is it just ignorance? Uh, seems to be. Plus... Keep in mind that scientists uh, in the last century have promised us stuff that, and I say they, we, it, and the example I give you is the nuclear industry, built these astonishing bombs. Mm-hmm. I mean, just amazing-looking, world-ending bombs. And then, okay, maybe we can get some industrial power out of this, but it's pretty complicated and we have a lot of waste and trust us. And that's led to mistrust of science. With that said, with a scientific literate populace, we can make good decisions about this as voters and taxpayers. Lightning round. Let's go. Nice. Okay. Peter Gutierrez, Jr. Once, or that would be Junior. 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 Uh, from Facebook wants to know, can GMOs occur naturally? Well, this is the thing. Yes, this is the big paper that came out recently was the sweet potatoes, where these genes from other organisms got in the sweet potatoes that you and I know and love and thank our stars and cosmic rays that they did because we enjoy them that much, uh, those potatoes that much more. Nicely done. This is New Kid Di- uh, Danny. New Kid Danny from Facebook says, uh, number one, congratulations on Light Sail One. Thank you. Uh, our test flight was a success. We got an orbit. We, de- we passed all the tests to qualify for the rocket. We got an orbit. We deployed the sails. We took the pictures. Yes. All right. So here's his question. What will be the significance of GMOs in our future manned missions in the solar system? Well, they're already up there. When you go to eat astronaut food, you're eating uh, food that's produced from genetic modification, from uh, interspecies modification. And it's a good thing because the food is that much more delicious and nutritious. Wow. Thomas Riley from Facebook wrote this, and he wants to know, hey, Bill, what is your position on labeling of GMOs in the supermarket? Uh, I think it's fine. In fact, I, I've said to those guys at, uh, at Pioneer and Dow and uh, 
ConAgra and Monsanto, Monsatan. I've told him, why don't you say put proudly GMO on there? Let's see what happens. Nice. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Let the market sort it out. If people don't want it, then the, the, it'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. This is Matt Eli from Facebook. Clearly, Matt does not agree with you. Hey, Bill, since changing your views on GMOs, have you spent time with other respected scientists uh, in the not-so-GMO crowd to give them a chance at a rebuttal and present new evidence to you? So, in other words, he doesn't agree. Do you spend time with any scientists that don't agree with your change? Yes, yes. I'm a member of the advisory board of the Union of Concerned Scientists. And the Union of Concerned Scientists traditionally is very anti-GMO. So I argue with those people now and then. Argue a connected series of statements to establish a proposition. And I think GMOs are fine. There you go. And their meetings take place at the Hall of Justice. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> 30 seconds. Chuck. Here we go. Okay, this is from Charles Lee Thorpe, who wants to know, perhaps some of the fear around GMO crops is that we are opening up Pandora's box. Do you anticipate a future where we become GMOs ourselves? That is the fear. Uh, you, you are GMO. Your parents chose each other. Thank you very much, everybody, for the lightning round. We've had a wonderful time. Thanks for listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm uh, here with Chuck Nice, yes. and I am your guest host, Bill Nye, and we look very forward much to our next Star Talk podcast, and I hope you will dare I say it. Turn it up loud! If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.